The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. NFL Week 14 Power Rankings. Plus, we got a, a, a couple other things to talk about. I want to get to some NBA. I want to get to some Olympics. You're listening as usual to Sean and Sam on the Functional Sportsaholic. Sam, how you doing, my friend? What is up, buddy? Just trying to finish out this calendar year right. um, and get on to the next. Get on to the next one. Right, yeah, let's put this one behind us. I'm in a walking boot right now. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, so you know, as, as we do, you know, kind of during the NFL season, let's just get right to the power rankings. We'll bring you back on. All right. Cool, bro. NFL Week 14 Power Rankings. We are getting close to the end of the season. We are in the back quarter of the season. Every team has four games left. All the bye weeks are done. We are chasing the championship now. So um, I do have a tie within my uh, top ranking at the number two spot. So I actually have 11 teams in my top listing. I want to talk about my teams of respect here. First of all, let's start in the AFC. The teams on the outside looking in on this list are the 7-5 and five Las Vegas Raiders and the 8-4 and four Miami Dolphins. Now, these two teams play each other. I can't remember if it's in uh, week 15 or week 16, but this is going to be a massive game when these two teams play each other. This could be a play-in game. There's going to be a very talented, possibly two very talented teams outside of the playoffs looking in in the AFC. If the season were to end today, the Baltimore Ravens, I believe, would be out of the playoffs as well. Um, the uh, The Indianapolis Colts are 8-4. and four. The Miami Dolphins would be in the playoffs, and they're outside of this list. And I'll tell you why the Dolphins are outside specifically because they have a brutal schedule to close the season. They have to play the Chiefs. They have to play the Bills. They have to play the Raiders. It's going to be a tough, and they have to play the Patriots. That is just a murderer's row, four awful games for the Miami Dolphins to close out the season. The Raiders could um, could stand to actually lose this week against the Indianapolis Colts, but if they win, and if they pull even with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, man, this is just going to be a very murky situation, and the Ravens, who we'll talk about in a bit, have a very nice schedule to close the season. Now, on the NFC, bubble teams, you know, some of these teams are in, some, some of these teams are out. The, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are outside on my list this week. Uh, you know, honestly, they, you could definitely make the argument that they should have been in there somewhere tied with some of these teams given what they've done. They haven't been playing well, but they had a late bye week. Something tells me that this team, and especially Antonio Brown, are going to take a, uh, a step in the right direction coming in this week. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Minnesota Vikings, who are also in my respect on the, this bubble list, they play each other this week. If the season were to end today, the Minnesota Vikings would be in the playoffs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be in the playoffs. However, both of these teams play. Now, if the Minnesota Vikings win, they've pulled a 7-6. and six. It's massive for them specifically because they have a tiebreaker head-to-head advantage over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they can win. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. Now, the Arizona Cardinals who play, um, I can't remember who they play this week. It's some, Oh, the New York Giants who are playing fantastic. If the Arizona Cardinals um, win this week, they still have a tough schedule to end the year. Basically, we have one 7-5 team with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a couple of 6-6 six six teams. You know, Probably two out of these three teams are going to miss the playoffs. So um, a lot of quality here that are not going to get in. Now let's start with my list, the number 10 team. Coming off that win, coming off all of the uh, you know inactives from COVID and all that stuff, the Baltimore Ravens are back on the list. The Baltimore Ravens are now seven and five. They have a powder puff schedule to close the year. I think it's very possible that they win out and finish eleven and five and go into the playoffs on a uh, on a uh, complete 
um, basically juggernaut level. They're going to be having some great momentum. I think they're going to be in the playoffs, no problem. Um, I believe, like I said, they're on the outside looking in. They're going to win out, everybody. They're going to be in the playoffs, get ready for it, and there's going to be a lot of hype around them because they'll probably be on a six-game winning streak when they do get into the playoffs. Number nine on this list, the Tennessee Titans. I did not like how they looked in the first half against uh, the Cleveland Browns, offensively or defensively. This team starts slow. They finish well. I think they're, they play their best football against prevent defenses. I don't like what I'm seeing from the Titans. I was hopeful after that Indianapolis Colts victory a couple weeks ago two weeks ago that the Titans defense was finally starting to take a leap forward. Well, then we saw Baker Mayfield completely carve them up. Look, they could win the division. I get it. They're eight and four. They're a playoff team. Um, I love the way that they run. Tannehill's playing efficient football, but that defense is an Achilles heel. It's not getting any better. They are what they are. Now, number eight on this list, the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I know, yes, two weeks ago, the Titans beat the Colts. Well, I think four weeks ago, the Colts beat the Titans. So those things even each other out. Um, I believe the Titans currently have the tiebreaker over the Indianapolis Colts for the division lead. I get it. I don't care about it. What I do care about is the Indianapolis Colts defense is better. They can stop the run. That's important when we get to January. Uh, Phillip Rivers has gone to, um, to multiple deep playoff runs. He's been to the championship game. And yes, I know Tannehill's been to a championship game, but I like that. The Colts um, lost a game or two while Jonathan Taylor's been out. He looked better last week. I think the Colts are better suited for the AFC South to make a deeper playoff run. That's why I have them at number eight, even though they are right now a wild card team and the Titans are leading the division. Number seven on this list, the Cleveland Browns. Look, you can't have a list with the Colts and the Titans in the top 10 and not have the Browns ahead of them. They've beaten both of these teams and they beat them, although the Colts game was uh, a close one, I believe. They beat them relatively convincingly. Uh, what I don't like about the Browns is they're a great first half team when they go to their prevent defense it does not execute it well uh, the Browns in, in multiple games not only the Titans where they uh, were kind of holding on for dear life uh, at the end of that game and really kind of needed some help with um, um, Adam Humphreys dropping a ball and basically popping it up inside the red zone so that Cleveland can get the interception without that play the Tennessee Titans take a lead at the end of that game everybody that's the truth um, they also almost blew it against Dallas um, early in the season that's consistent when they go to prevent um, you know, other teams can can take advantage. Are you telling me that if they take a lead on the Kansas City Chiefs and they go to prevent that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to be able to come back from behind and, and take the take the win? That's what the Chiefs have been doing for the last you know year and a half here. The Cleveland Browns need to play aggressive defensively to close out games. They aren't closing out games like a championship team, but they are massively improved. And heck, they're nine and three, so good for them. Number six on this list, the Seattle Seahawks. Are the, do they have as good of a record as the Cleveland Browns? No, but they have a quarterback who has won a Super Bowl. Most of the losses for the uh, Seattle Seahawks have come when Chris Carson was banged up. Chris Carson is back now. The Seattle Seahawks defense has been playing better by the week. Are they great? No, but they're better than uh, the Browns when they close out games. They're better than the Titans. Um, are they better than the Colts defense? No, I don't think so, but their offense is next level. I like the Seattle Seahawks. They're a dark horse still to make it to the Super Bowl and possibly even win the Super Bowl. They can score with anybody in the league. That includes Green Bay. That includes Kansas City. That includes New Orleans. That includes everybody else. Number five on my list, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Rams and the Seahawks, there's still some stuff to shake out there, but I like the Rams a little bit more specifically because the defense is starting to become a dominant defense. They're very good. Uh, they can compete with anybody. Now, um, the Seattle Seahawks defense, the Rams, I believe, can score on them. Again, we're going to see a matchup, and probably this division is going to come down to whoever wins that next matchup between the Rams and the Seahawks. So just get your popcorn out. But both of these teams are going to be in the playoffs. Both of them are, are legit Super Bowl threats. 
regrets. Uh, both Jared Goff and Russell Wilson have been to the Super Bowl, have been in pressure moments. I tend to think in a playoff environment, I would probably roll the dice more with Russell Wilson than I would with Jared Goff, but both of these teams are very good. Another team, number four, that has been to the Super Bowl, uh, or at least with a quarterback that's been to the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I like them, but my problem with the Green Bay Packers is they can't stop the run, which means if they get to a fourth quarter and they're losing, it's going to be hard for their defense to get off the field. It's going to be hard for Aaron Rodgers to bring a team back when their defense is giving up chunk yardage in the running game. That is a problem. That is what bounced Green Bay in the NFC Championship last year. There are teams in in here, like the Seahawks, like the Rams, like the um, like the Saints, that the Packers are going to have to play that have good offenses and can close out games with running the ball. I'm worried about the Green Bay Packers, although. I think they're a fantastic team. We know this offense is scoring. The defense has to step up. The defense has to get better in a hurry, um, just like the Titans defense does lower down on this list. Number three on my list, the Buffalo Bills. Their defense since their bye week is getting better. Josh Allen is not shrinking when it matters. Um, you know, I thought that that San Francisco 49ers game could be an upset um, type uh, you know, game. It could be a trap game. Buffalo came out and they handled the San Francisco 49ers, who I think are underrated this year just based on all the injuries. Now, the Bills ha still have to play um, a few teams. I mean, they have the, the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, which, by the way, I think that's a very interesting matchup. They have uh, the New England Patriots. They have the Miami Dolphins. They don't have a powder cake schedule at the end of the year either. And for that matter, if the Dolphins go on a win streak, the Dolphins could still win the division. They're only one game back. However, I do think that the AFC East is the Bills' division. I think they're for real this year. And if this defense does continue to get better in the last quarter and into the playoffs, and they peak at the right time, they're going to be tough to beat for the uh, Chiefs, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But for now, I have the Chiefs and Steelers ahead of the Buffalo Bills in my power rankings. I mean, the record's better. They've been putting it together this season. I have them tied at number two. Yes, the Steelers and the Chiefs at number two. Why don't I have them tied for number one? Because they're annoying me. Every time I'm looking at this game, look, a few years ago, I, as I talk about on, the, on another show, the Get Paid Podcast, the... Um, um, the Green Bay Packers started 13-0, and I believe the Denver Broncos, like, you know, two decades ago, started 13-0, and and they were dominant the first half of the season. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been dominant, but they haven't been looking good offensively. It looks like defenses are starting to figure out. We saw Washington, and look, not every team has the talent up front that Washington have has, but this is a copycat league. You saw what Washington did. They rushed four. They dropped a bunch of people in the coverage. And by the way, Pittsburgh has lost key players on their defensive side of the ball. They're still a very good team. But their offense, they got to develop a run game. They got to be able to close games out. They can't go empty backfield with four minutes left in the game. It's not how you win when it gets to January. Steelers still very good. Still probably the co-favorites here, but the Buffalo Bills, if that defense gets better, the Buffalo Bills could pass the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we might see it this week, although we might see the Pittsburgh Steelers rebound and completely you know, squash Buffalo. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's worth watching. The Kansas City Chiefs, meanwhile, same thing. We know that every team in this league, if you put them up against each other, nobody has a higher ceiling than the Kansas City Chiefs. If the, if the playoffs were to start today, if the Kansas City Chiefs were down by 10 points in the fourth quarter, do you bet against the Kansas City Chiefs? No, you don't do it. But as this list stands today, Kansas City hasn't earned it, man. They're just skating past these teams. And yes, they're 11-1. I get it. That's how good this Kansas City Chiefs team is. But they aren't meeting their potential. They can do better. They should do better. And if the playoffs were to start today, they could get bounced. So let's see what happens. Um, now, number one on my list is the New Orleans Saints. Do I think Taysom Hill deserves to be a number one quarterback on a number one list? No, I don't. But let's be let's be honest here. In the last two years, when Drew Brees has gone out, the Saints win games. Why do they win those games? 
because their defense is really, really good. Look at the defensive ranks, the running game and their passing game. Their defense is, might be the best defense for the New Orleans Saints in the last decade, maybe even better than their championship year. Uh, you know, I think that's even more than a decade at this point um, old. Now, when Drew Brees comes back, he's going to be rested. He's going to feel better. I think he's going to come back in week 15 against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be an interesting test game. But this Kansas, this New Orleans Saints team, I, I said it early in this year, and I'm saying it, by the way, now against uh, about the Chiefs and the Steelers. And I've said it about the Bills at some point this season. I'm saying it about the Titans. I said this about the Saints um, early this season. I think they were 2-2. Two and two. I said, this defense is very talented. They're just not showing up. Well, this defense is showing up now. They are playing the best football out of everybody in the league. I do watch every team play. The New Orleans Saints, and I would say even the Buffalo Bills, you can make the argument, are the two best teams in Week 14. How does that translate into the playoffs? I don't know. We'll see. Um, Josh Allen has to mature as a quarterback, and Drew Brees needs to get healthy for the Saints. So there's still some question marks. And the, uh, the, the Steelers and the Chiefs still have the highest ceiling of any team in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see what teams are healthy, what teams are peaking, what teams make the adjustments. Um, in the playoffs, but we're going to be doing another uh, another set of these power rankings next week, and as we get into the playoffs as well, we're going to do a playoff index once we get there, so it's going to be a lot of fun, but New Orleans Saints have earned it on the field. I don't care about record. Look, the, the, the Chiefs and the Steelers, Steelers eked by a, a, you know, a JV squad, and they were a JV squad according to Mike Tomlin. The Chiefs have just been sleepwalking through this season. Ceilings, I still say the Chiefs and the Steelers are probably the best in the league, but that doesn't mean they're going to prove it on the field in January, and that certainly doesn't mean they've been proving it in weeks 12, 13, uh, 11, and in the last, you know, basically four games of the season. So there you go. There are my power rankings. Like, comment, subscribe. Let me know who your top five are, and we'll catch you again on another power ranking soon. All right, and we are back. Before Sam and I get rolling, I want to talk about our friends at Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need that moment to chill, and how do you like to hit that reset button to get ready for what's next? I've been talking on this podcast for months. I got a lot of housework. Um, you know, I got the family. I got a lot of stuff going on in the business world and all that stuff, and now it's the holiday season, and the holiday season usually doesn't stress me out too much. I mean, I'm a big... I'm a, you, Sam, you know this. I'm a big uh, holiday guy. I decorate for everything. Thanksgiving's huge in my family. Uh, my wife's family, you know, Christmas is obviously huge. We celebrate Christmas. And um, and that gap between Thanksgiving and the first few weeks of December where you're getting all the decorations up, you're buying presents for everybody, trying to figure out, you know, what's been bought for, you know, your brother and your sister and all that stuff, it... <laughs> Man, it could stress you out. And thank goodness, after all that housework, I got a nice fridge downstairs. I just open that baby up. I pull out a Coors Light. I crack it, and I chill. I love it. Everybody out there, don't miss the new packaging from Coors Light. It's already hidden the shelves. The new design features clear skies that invite you to sit back, unwind, and drink it all in. And the iconic Coors Light mountains still turn blue when your beer is as cold as the Rockies. Brand new look, same ice cold refreshment. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that is literally made to chill. Everybody, I want to remind you, you can still get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, the address is get.coorslight.com. They'll deliver it to you. Everybody, I shouldn't have to say this, but I am going to. You need to celebrate responsibly. It's the holiday season. Let's do it in, you know, let's do it in style. Let's do it right. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Anyway, yeah, Sam. So um, power rankings, look, man, the, the Steelers and the Chiefs, you know, they're both 11-1. They're awesome. They have the highest ceilings of anybody in the league, but they're just not playing well. 
they're not playing well. I've seen a lot of teams start the season like I've seen teams go 13 and 0 and then just play like crap once the the season stops. So I put the uh, I'm sorry I put the uh, Saints ahead of them um, for now because the Saints are playing well on the field. And no, I don't think Taysom Hill can win a Super Bowl, but Breeze will be back in a couple of weeks. So um, hey man, the Saints are putting it together. Maybe this is the year for them. We'll see. Yeah, and you might have a, a healthier Drew Brees that hasn't gone through a whole season. You know, I know he got uh, roughed up pretty good, but if they can buy him some time um, and, mm-hmm. and get a healthy uh, Drew Brees, you know, going into the playoffs, I feel like that's a that's always a plus. Yeah, arrested Drew Brees, you right. know, going. To, I mean, I think that's I think that's you're hitting the nail on the head. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't want you don't want to be starting other people, but. Gosh, you know, it wouldn't bug me at all. Seriously, like, I know this is so weird for the NFL to think about, but it would not bug me at all if I were a Saints fan or if I was the Saints organization and Drew Brees is like, look, I'm just going to take the first eight weeks of the season off. Because they're <laughs> right. winning games without him. Like, right. like Taysom Hill, I think he's I think he's kind of trash as a thrower. Um, but he could he could develop, don't get me wrong, but he's basically a running team, uh, running, running guy. But what the Saints have done while Breeze is out, is they basically said, ah, we're the Baltimore Ravens now. Right. We're the Ravens. We're just going to win with defense, and nobody talks about this defense. They're within, like, the top, like, five, both passing and rushing. You can't you can't move the ball on this team, and they're running you over with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, who nobody talks about either. Like, this is, like, a legit team, and whenever Breeze goes out, this defense just starts, like, balling out. And, like, starts playing, like, one of the best, if not the best defense in the league. And nobody ever talks about that. They're always talking about the backup quarterback. The defense right. really takes over this team when Breeze is out. So you're talking about a team that is peaking at the right time. And they already have, you know, a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl. And he's going to be rested. That's the big question with Breeze. They have a shot, man. They have a real shot. I like it. I, I like, like it, it, too, man. You know what's funny is I called, before the season, I called uh, New Orleans versus Seattle in the NFC championship and I called the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Kansas city chiefs in the AFC championship. I don't think I would make, I don't think I would change that at this point. Right. I mean, Seattle's wavering a little bit with their defense, but like, I still, it's weird to feel that good about a prediction for all four of your, your final four teams this late into the NFL season. Usually you would say something else, but uh, yeah, I don't think I would change it today if the playoffs were to start. So interesting. Yeah, man. Anyway. Um, so, dude, so I, I, LeBron, I saw LeBron signed an extension. What is it, 85 mil over two years? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. For what, a 36-year-old or whatever he is? Good yeah, for man, him, not, man. Not too bad. Not too bad. Make a 40-something, you know, um, you know, forty something million in you know in two years, and he'll you know he'll probably sign another two year deal after that. Just keep doing these two year eighty five millions. That's not not too bad, not too shabby. But you know he doesn't need the money. I think he makes more money elsewhere. You know, with oh, shoe for deal sure. and all that stuff for but, sure. But it's nice to have. Yeah, you know, I wonder because you know that of course like Bronny James, he was he's like oh you know I'm I'm happy that this uh, contract ends. You know when um, when my son's you know high school ends. To me, I, I would have thought three years would have made more sense. So that after the guy's freshman year, because he still have to go to college for a year, um, that would make sense. But you know, maybe he'll sign a one year deal somewhere while Bronny's in college. But I, I you know I think the the LeBron and Bronny combination in the NBA will and will end up happening. Of course, Bronny has oh, to continue to develop. Happen. Listen, LeBron LeBron writes his own you know, story basically. <laughs> so he is what LeVar ball wants to be. Exactly. So 
if Bronny keeps developing and Bronny, you know, we'll see where we're at. Um, I think Bronny still got what three years. Yeah, left he was a freshman. School. And I was surprised yeah. to see that he was off the bench. But of course, you know, these these teams are so stacked at that level of basketball. But he was coming oh, off yeah. the bench, which they, I thought they had they had six uh, Division One players on that team. So <laughs> you know, he's you know, of course, he's gonna he's gonna come off the bench. And you know, the thing is, is you always worry about it with these kids because obviously he's gonna have you know, all the athletic gifts. And if you see pictures yeah. of the kid and pictures of LeBron at the same age, I mean, Bronny's just a beast compared to really? where LeBron was at. Um, well, I mean, look, at his, I didn't know. I, I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. Le- LeBron, LeBron was probably eating ramen noodles and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Bronny's got a, got a chef, a nutritionist, you know, yeah, he's right. got everything at his, you know, has, has a full weight room, you know, in his house. And there's really, you know, um, I always feel bad for these kids when they play the same sports as their parents because yeah. no matter how good Bronny James is going to be, he's not going to be no way LeBron James. No, you know, um, it's just not. It's just not going to happen. It's never happened. I don't think it will ever happen. Where the only you know, one, the only one I can think of is Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonds. I believe both of those are Hall of Famers, and I guess there's a hockey, the holes, Brett Hole and somebody Hole. Right. Okay. So, so yeah. I mean, two Hall of, but that's how rare it is. I think in my lifetime, I can think of two, and none of them have been, you know, relevant in the last twenty years. So. Right. Yeah, it, it's right. and there's no way it's like you know Jordan's kids. They went to college. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if Bronny doesn't have the goods once he gets to the college level to make it to the NBA. But you're right. I mean, LeBron would basically just be like, just draft Bronny in the second round. Or sign right, him. right, right. They're, yeah. they're going to check into a game together. They you will. Know, like, they will. it's, you know, they, it's it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's going to happen. Listen, if uh, the the ball kid got finally picked up by, you know, um, you know, uh, Detroit, you know. Stuff oh, the third one? Just, yeah, the third one got got signed to like yeah. a non guaranteed practice roster spot, hmm. you know. But hey, he's got three kids, you know, in the um hey. in the NBA. So what, what can you say? Yeah, you know, I wonder. You know, it seems like that the the lesser talent. I can't remember his name. Um, Jello, Jello, Jello Ball, yeah. Jello Puddin. So he, I think. I don't know if I were him. I mean, everybody can do what they want. So I, I don't care. I don't right. say what other people should do, but. He just never really seemed to me like he was really dialed in to, oh, yeah. to wanting, like you know, because you know, Alonzo, he he wanted to do it, and I think uh-huh. um, you know the 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 younger of them wants to do it. The middle one just, yeah, yeah, he yeah. just doesn't seem like he's that interested in it. But he's like making so like to him, I I kind of feel like the guy that. Um, you know LeBron's good friend, the one that started off and, and started his business, and is it Maverick mm-hmm. Carter? Is that Maverick who it is? Carter? Yeah, Maverick Carter. That's I think the move, but of course you got to be interested in that, you know. So right. like, if you're not interested in it, who cares? And if he really wanted to, I mean, he could make, as you know, and you know people that do this. I mean, go to freaking Turkey and just make millions of dollars tax free, and do right. that, or you know, play in Australia. Uh, but really, I think Turkey's Turkey or Greece. You know, those those are the places that really pay up. Yeah. Spain, Spain, you know, yeah, those, those type of those type of places. You're in a Euro. You got to get in a Euro league, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he could, but that's probably not the lifestyle he wants. He seems like right. he's, you know, much more of like I want to be, you know, I want to be on the level with my brothers. Well, your brothers are gonna, regardless, you know, are gonna play in the league for 13, 14 years. Right. You know, if you're a top top ten pick, 
most likely you give it every chance to uh yeah right you know teams will will keep signing you so no matter how bad you are you usually keep getting a look at even michael olacandy ended up playing you know <laughs> yeah. 11, 11 years big mike 11 years but no. you know and he came into the league when he was 24 Jeez. he was drafted as a rookie when he was 24 nice. so that would never happen these days and he was, was that still the kenyan martin year it was around the same time. I can't remember if if they those uh, years lined up. I think that was ninety nine, and mm. Kenyon Martin went in two thousand. Kenyon Martin was the number one pick, and Michael. Oh, yeah, okay. Michael Olakandy was the pick. Um, or the Clippers. I remember that. The, the one before him. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, and I like Kenyon Martin, but yeah, you know, I mean, there you get you get the next gen like crazy players. It just happens so infrequently, and like this this last draft that we just had, you had mentioned that the the talent really wasn't there, and I think I said, <laughs> look, if 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 you don't have that next level surefire guy, like, and we've also talked about this, you know, uh, Andrew Wiggins never really lived up to that hype, but mm-hmm. he had the hype. Everybody thought he was the next thing, and he was a absolutely slam dunk consensus. Just didn't work out. If you right. don't have that, then just draft the freaking top European. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're they're exactly. the safest pick. They're like drafting an offensive tackle in football. Just draft the top European, the most skilled European that you can get. Yeah, Seven- if you if you if you feel like they're gonna come over. Like if you get the okay, because you got some guys yeah. that were drafted that just have never come over. Yeah, right. And the Magic still have draft rights to Fran Vasquez, who was supposedly the Michael Jordan of Euroleague <laughs> and just has never come over. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you know, if I'm Fran Vasquez, he's probably like 35 now. I'd probably just be like, all right, I'm ready to come over yeah. now. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. It, um. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, draft a European. There's, there you go. Draft a European, NBA training camp start, uh, started this week. Jeez, yeah. Um, like, kind of weird tiers. I guess the guys have to, like, go in at different times, and then mm. by the, like, fifth or sixth day, once everyone's cleared, then they can start having uh, practices and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, games start uh Friday, Jeez. so uh, preseason games Whew. start Friday. They just want to get this. They want to get the season That's, over with, man. I it's, get, yeah, I know. Well, it's, basket, basketball is so bad without fans. I've been watching college basketball yeah. the past few nights. It's just awful. Well, it's like, unlike unlike I think the MLB and unlike the um, the NFL. It's like and hockey too. It's mm-hmm. and soccer. It's like and the NBA is the only game where the fans are part of every single shot. Right. Of the game, every single game action, you have fans. I mean, they're right on the floor next to the players, and you know, the Staples Center. You got celebrities sitting right next to you know the, the team uh-huh. bench and all. You it, to not have that, it is optically very weird, just very weird. Yeah, and to see the benches like spaced out, yeah. which I feel is weird because yeah. these guys are in the locker room together, they're in huddles together, like. But on the bench, they can't sit next to each other. I feel like that's so weird. It is uh, like it, it's it's so weird to me. I don't I don't get it. This is I just cannot wait for this all this crap to be over with me. Yeah, I'm so I know. Tired of it. Well, look, I mean, we got the the country gets the um, the vaccines in circulation, and within a couple of weeks here to the the thing, I've seen you know the you know of course everybody argues about it, but. Um, you know, the, the scientists, the best case scenario is that, you know, herd immunity, if, if we get the vaccines to the right people, which is health workers and the elderly, I believe is what they say. I haven't really been keeping up to, to tabs with it, that people, you know, that society could be 80% immune by March, they're saying. I think that's probably right. not realistic. 
But, you know, I'm going to get probably, you know, my vaccine as soon as I can um, where I feel reasonably safe once I see other people are getting it and there's no nat- massive side effects. I'll get it in like May and then the rest of my family will probably get it in like June. <clears throat> but it's two shots, you know, it's two boosters or whatever. So right. we'll see. But uh, this is the last season. And I would say by next NFL season, fans will be back in the stands and it'll be normal again. Um, but yeah. But there's going to be like limited crowd capacity in the NBA, and the NBA is different because it's not open air. Um, everything is right. enclosed, so right. it, it's going to be goofy for the NBA season. The MLB will probably start to have more fans in stands, um, but NBA, NHL won't. It's just you know whatever. I'm enough. I've, I've had enough. Well, of this and you're going to continue to see you know uh, temperature checks, those kind of things uh, go on, which I yeah. think is a which is a good thing. Temperature checks and mask mandates, but you can see right. even when the, in the NFL with their with their crowd, like everybody wears their mask around their chin, you know, and they right. don't. <clears throat> for that to happen, they got to really actually kick these people out, you know. Right. If if you're gonna do it, then do it, you know. Don't right. give it lip service. Do and that's what this whole thing's been been about. It's don't give it lip service and do it. And I'll say, you know, the the political side of things is one thing, but you know, even the side of the aisle that has been embracing the whole. Um, hey, let's distance, let's wear masks, which is the Democratic side of the aisle. You see stories about how these people will go out in public and say one thing, and then you'll see them at a restaurant breathing a coffin on somebody. Or you'll see like Pelosi will go get her hair done from a hairstylist and not be wearing her mask, and she shouldn't have gone in the first. Like it's just the, the double standard, and it's politicians, man. You're not you're not giving society any. Um, first of all, you're giving the opposition an ability to point the finger and the finger point is the whole problem with society to begin with, because nobody wants to take accountability and say, Hey, let's fix the problem. They all want to blame somebody else for everything else. So everybody wants to point the finger rather than do anything. And, right. uh, and it's all social media is full. Yeah, I can't course, stand man. social media. Every, I, like, know, man. I just cannot stand it. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to say because it's free speech. So, you know, the cat's out of the bag there, but, uh, holy crap. It's just, just what a nightmare the whole thing is. Anyway, uh, what else? What else we got? Oh, so I don't even know if you saw this. This is like one of my kind of intriguing stories of the week. France, the Olympics in 2024. And we're going to yeah. get Tokyo 2021. France in 2024, breakdancing. I saw that. Wild, man. <laughs> so weird. You know, I got to say this, like I used to do CrossFit and I, I'm kind of against it, not not because of the, the practice, you know, I, I believe in the workout structure and all that, but the trainers, the, the, the burden of being a quote unquote certified CrossFit trainer is pathetic. Um, you know, you go to a weekend class and don't know anything about it and you can start a gym and that's all they do. You, you pay your two grand to get quote unquote certified and you don't have any knowledge. And so people are like, you know trying to hoist 300 pounds over their head when they don't have the proper form because the trainer was never properly trained on how to train. And you know that right. because you've been a certified personal trainer. It's just crap. Right. And so, you know, a lot of people that go in there, they end up like having poor deadlift form and then they, you know, bulge a disc or something like that. And they got to deal with that for the next 30 years of their life. So I don't like that. But when it's done properly, I think that's a perfectly tailor-made for the Olympics. It's a global sport. Right. And it's a race. And so, like, when, when I talk to you guys about, like, lifting and all that stuff, and I like watching the, the CrossFit um, thing. I didn't watch it this year. I didn't really give a crap. But, uh, you know, I like watching these things. And I remember, like, our friend Gooch is just like, why are you watching that? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Track and field. It's people running. And you, you right. eat that up. You, Gooch eats track and field up. Yeah. Like, I love four, every four years you watch the sprinters run 100, 100 meters, see how fast they go, or 200 meters, 400 meters. I love that. 
that's it, it's a race. It's a race. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, breakdancing. I don't, I don't really love breakdancing. I feel like things like CrossFit that are measurable yeah. and you have a clock is one thing. Breakdancing isn't that basically like ice dancing. You know, it's it, all it's all it's subjective. Subjective. Yeah. There's no there's no clear. You know, it, it would be like having art painting. Yeah. You know, in, in the Olympics. Like, I don't know how you can. It's art. You're I right. Know, yeah. I don't know how you can, uh, <laughs> how you can quantify that and, and give a score. You know, but, yeah. Like how know. many uh, windmills and flares you can do and all this stuff. It's like, <laughs> you know, what kind of, what's your, what's your quick step before you get into the barrels and all that stuff? I don't, I, I don't, I don't see it, but you know, whatever. It'll be crazy. It'll be crazy. It's skateboarding. I know skateboard. Will skateboarding be, will be cool. Um, will be in japan um mm-hmm. so that'll be it'll be interesting but then that, that again you you could like somebody does a trick or does something it's a it's a measurable thing you yeah. can you can score that it's been done for you know decades where they have you know different uh skate competitions and 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 x games and things like that yeah you can you could quantify as a winner you, you really can't do that in breakdancing <laughs> I don't really know how that's. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm actually searching right now as we're recording, and I'm seeing if ballroom dancing is in the Olympics. I'm guessing it's not. Should no, it's not. So how do you have break dancing and not ballroom dancing? People have been ballroom dancing for years, and I would right. say globally, it's probably more. I don't know about now. I mean, obviously, kids, and they're trying to bring you know more youth into the into the you know into the fold and watching these things. It's about ratings and all that stuff. So that's. That's one thing. And, and you know, the younger generation, Sam, they don't really care about winners and losers. Like, everybody, like, it's one of those yeah. things where they just clap for each other and then arbitrarily one of them gets a goal. goal. Yeah, it's like the Oscars. Thanks for coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks for coming. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, there is some of that. But I just think it's odd. Like, I know that um, the NFL will never be in the Olympics. So it was hard for me to understand that when I was younger. I'm just like, oh, yeah, nobody ever actually plays that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess rugby is. I don't know. It's just kind of a, a weird thing. But what's, you, what is interesting is is usually the the World Cup and the Olympics and nobody you know soccer players care more about the World Cup than the Olympics. They're they're going to have a, a an Olympics in 2021 and a World Cup in 2022. Usually you don't see that kind of cycle break. You know they have these two year cycles for country teams, so that'll be a little bit interesting. But I don't know, man. So I'm in a walking boot. Yes, you are. Um, it actually, you know, it's, it's doing better. And I, you know, because the whole foot hurt when we were talking last week, I mean the whole foot from, from top to bottom, basically right at the ankle down, it hurt. Now I can figure out where the pain is actually isolated. And it seems to be like I broke, uh, basically like kind of where your knuckle would be and your big toe, but a little bit lower than that, a little bit closer to the, to the top of the foot. I think that's where I broke. So I've been taping my big toe to my second toe. And I've been in a walking boot since I got the boot on Saturday. Um, so I'm hoping this thing heals up. But I'm getting some mobility back in my toe, and I can move it around without <laughs> massive yeah, man, amounts of pain. Yeah, doing that. Do that nice it, and then don't run on it for a couple weeks. Yep. And yeah. All right, man. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to not run until after Christmas, possibly after the new year. I'm getting impatient already. But, well, you know. yeah, but you don't want to have this thing be a lingering thing, and then you have other breaks in your foot and stress fractures and yeah. all that other crap. Yeah, we're going to see how it's going to go. So. Yeah, I uh, we'll see. I mean, if it persists persists into January, I'll go and get the x-ray and all that stuff, see if I... Because, you know, it's possible this thing needs a pin in it for a couple of weeks, too. I mean, and now's the time to do it in winter when you can't really run because it's all ice outside anyway. 
you know, yeah. the, the challenge is I got to figure out what to do to not get fat. I'm gaining weight like crazy. I, don't, I haven't worked out since last week. I'm going nuts. Well, I don't know, man. Can you do that row machine or is it yeah, the foot get... still bothering you? Uh, I haven't really tried it because it's buried in a garage full of crap. Uh, so I got well. That's the first thing is that's a workout right there is getting the thing out. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> I'll try to do so, I'll try to do some kind of uh, calisthenics or something in the in the bedroom yeah, today yeah. after this, but we'll figure it out. In the bedroom. Yeah, just a yeah, bedroom workout with ten pound dumbbells because I got because I got the hernia, so I can't do anything yeah. too intense. I can't like you know, start doing like curls with thirty pounds or anything like that. Man, you're a mess. I'm we a mess. Get, we got to get you cleaned up, man. You're not even you're not even touching forty yet. Man. I know, get man. you a mess. I know. I'm still in my early thirties, as you would say. You are. You are, man. You're just a spring late chicken. And spring just chicken. Spring, just right yeah. out of the womb. You're in your late twenties plus a few. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I think we can call that a show. Dude, you got anything else for the crowd before we head out? Not much, man. Everyone be good. Be good. Welcome to, Welcome the, podcast. to the podcast. Functional sports are all it. Sam and Sean, too, they beat. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And they build an NBA, keeping the game tight. Repping the 407, Old Town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are all it. Sam and Sean, too, they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are all it.